Hey there, faculty and students. This week in the CR22 podcast, we're going to talk about a very current issue. There's been a lot of discussion around problem-based learning, or PBL. So I'm joined by Manas, the biomedical pillar leader, and Jillian, one of our student leaders from the Curriculum Revolution Leadership Team, to talk a little bit more about PBL and our plans around problem-based learning in the new curriculum. So I thought I would start off with just basic definitions. Dr. Das, can you let us know what is problem-based learning? Yes, hi everyone and thanks Trish. Um, so basically the PBL is a, a student engaging a learner-centered technique which is designed to develop skills for say, clinical reasoning uh, effective clinical practice, and then the big thing about it is the self-directed learning part, self-directed and lifelong learning, um, and efficient use of an integrated knowledge base and effective functioning as part of a team. Great. And then, Jillian, theoretically, why is this such an effective learning tool? Why so much focus on PBL? Yeah, so PBLs are a really effective model because they um, have a way of having students apply current knowledge that they're learning in the block in a way that um, isn't a clinical problem-solving method. So they identify missing information and then they um, acquire and apply basic science to solve the problems that they're seeing in the hospital. Um, and so the PBL learning style is actually a process that's been used in the clinical years and therefore to help students prepare for clinical years, it's a really effective method to begin preparing in the preclinical years as well. That's a really great concept. Um, Manas, what does the LCME say about problem-based learning? Well, LCME doesn't say directly anything about problem-based learning. What it says, and I would quote section 6.3 here, it says that there should be at least one self-directed learning session every, for every required uh, course or clerkship. And uh, they define self-directed learning, which involves medical students' self-assessment of learning needs, independent identification, analysis, and synthesis of relevant information, appraisal of the credibility of information sources, and then feedback on these skills. So PBL is a, is a pedagogy that actually involves all this self-directed learning um, technique. And that's what LCME needs at least one per block. That makes sense. Um, and so with all that in mind, there's been a lot of focus in our new curriculum um, renovation project uh, around building and incorporating problem-based learning. Jillian, can you speak a little bit to what the expectations are for our faculty who are so immersed in this build process around PBL? Yeah, so um, similar to the LCME requirements and also just based on the value that students see in the problem-based learning, the CR22 new curriculum will have one PBL session per block. And so that is what all of the um, spokespeople and individual block teams are working on now um, to develop their content to fit a PBL style session once a block for students. Great. We're, there's also a lot of work with um, case-based learning, and so one of the questions that I'm sure is going to come up, if it hasn't already for you guys, is how is problem-based learning different from case-based learning? Manas, can you take that one? Yeah, I'll take that one. And I think the chief difference, as I had indicated earlier, is the student's self-assessment of learning needs, which, which qualifies PBL for a self-directed learning component. Uh, in the case-based learning, which is 
the the flow of information is uh, very similar to PBL, but it's already a set of learning objectives that the students have been given to work with, as opposed to uh, in a PBL where they where they uh, you know self identify those objectives and their learning needs. So if I could ask a follow-up question, then it sounds like there's a real balance between the learning objectives that the faculty feel like are important, or a pre-selection, if you will, and then a student sub-selection of that list, or can you speak a little bit to the balance between the faculty-derived learning objectives and the student-identified learning goals? Absolutely, that's a great question, and that's actually one of the fun aspect of a problem-based learning exercise. Um, this is when the content expert had already written down the learning objectives that he or she intends for the session. And this is something that the facilitator has with them, but they uh, don't share it with the students. So at the end of the first day's session, the students are requested to come up with their own learning objectives and the facilitator actually tallies uh, it with the list that they have. Uh, it oftentimes uh, happens that the students come up with you know, more learning objectives, which I mean, uh, we are welcome to incorporate into the learning session if uh, as uh, deemed relevant. Uh, but in case that the students do not come up with all the objectives that the content expert has in mind, then the facilitator kind of smoothly guides them and, um, you know, um, channels them in a way into looking up on those learning objectives as well. So it is a delicate balance and it is, uh, it, it's a very uh, fun interaction, I would say, between the student and the facilitator. Okay, hearing your explanation um, helps me to understand a little bit more about what the ask is. So, so that makes sense. Can you, Jillian, talk a little bit about the PBL consult group that you've established? Yeah, so um, given that the PBL um, format and methodology is, um, has been like so practiced in different schools and even in our school as well, um, our role is to work with the content experts that are leading and organizing the content in each block and help them um, like synthesize all of the content that they're working with into a problem-based session. So our role is um, as experts on what the format looks like and a clear sense of what the goals are from the student and from the leader perspective or the PBLs, how to help each block have a like really high quality, high value experience um, in the PBL format for each block. Um, so we'll be collaborating with each, each block to help them um, sort through the content, organize the content, and um, synthesize a case that uh, really highlights the value of the PBL system. That's wonderful. Um, Manas, another question for you. So this model, um, this is obviously an, an example of engaged learning um, and just like other examples of small group or engaged learning um, can require a lot of facilitators. This is just a practical question. How can that be achieved and whose responsibility is it to recruit all those teachers? Yeah, um, as you know, that there is a group of uh, core small group facilitators that were um, that was hired by the school uh, in the previous run of OSD, and uh, so there there's this number of like I think it's about 24 uh, core small group facilitators that run these small group sessions, mostly case-based learning sessions uh, in OSD currently, and. 
and uh, we we hope to engage this same group or i mean we can recruit more people but a dedicated group of small group facilitators to run the pbl sessions uh, just to transition smoothly into the new curriculum this upcoming run of osd we are doing faculty development sessions to provide narrative feedback which currently uh, lack in uh, in these small group sessions so i think it's the small, same group of facilitators that are being trained to provide narrative feedback and then you know, be able to um, run these PBL sessions in the new curriculum, as well as the other small group activities. I'm glad you brought up that comment about narrative feedback, because um, I was just going to ask Jillian to comment on the importance of narrative feedback in PBL and problem-based learning, and um, potentially discuss sort of the framework or template that you guys have created within your PBL group for that. Yeah, so um, one reason that the narrative feedback was thought to be so important in the PBL format is that um, unlike in other types of evaluation, whether it be uh, weekend quizzes or exams that students are taking um, that are on uh, like the level of correctness and an answer, what's really beautiful about a PBL format is that it's really about the thought process and it's okay to be wrong as long as you, you put that differential out there and you at least considered it. And so um, what's great about the narrative feedback is that it'll really be an opportunity for students to um, have feedback from their, uh, their faculty leaders that can let them know how they're doing, um, what their thought process is like, and just sort of allow them to grow as a thinker and as like a self-directed learner um, in a way that will be like a huge added value to the curriculum. And in addition, um, there uh, is opportunities for students to also provide feedback to the um, facilitator in a reciprocal manner, which is also wonderful for students to learn how to advocate for their needs as learners and um, advocate for um, like how, how they learn on an individual level um, and what they're excited to get from each classroom session. Thank you. I love that idea of bimodal feedback coming out of these uh, PBL activities. And then this question really could be for either of you. Where can build teams and faculty get more information or potentially some faculty development around PBL? I can definitely start by uh, mentioning. So um, the PBL consult group is hoping to meet with each team at least once. Um, and we're working through a format where, um, con uh, where the um, uh, content experts will um, submit a template to us that has um, the, the content goals that they hope students are getting out of each session, whether it's the pharmacology of a certain type of drug class or it is a certain set of disorders that they're um, basing their case around. And once we have a sense of what each team's goals are, we'll then um, kind of collaborate as a team, think of groups, and meet with each um, build team one-on-one -on -one to uh, kind of create a really cohesive experience for all learners involved. Um, and so we'll be in further communication both on what the template will look like for um, the spokespersons and the build team leaders, and also what um, getting in contact to join at least one um, build team to work specifically on getting a, a PBL that everyone's excited about. Thank you. Anything to add to that, Manasa, or closing remarks, since that was my last question for you guys? Uh, no, I mean, I think Julian said it all. Uh, just also to uh, remind the build teams that in their SharePoint uh, workspace, we already have posted the uh, the the TBL tem the PBL template uh, where it shows like a series of slides as how the session um, the session type progresses, um, and also we have 
posted the suggestion for the narrative feedback template for PBL. So these resources are already available on our website. That's great. Well, I want to thank you both for the time and, and uh, tolerating and answering my questions here. I know after this conversation, um, some of the concepts around PBL are more clear in my own mind, and I'm hopeful that's true for some of the listeners too. So thank you guys so much for your time. And until next week, that's it for the CR22 podcast. Thank you. Thank you.